Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, let's go ahead and open up to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew chapter 24. I want to give a greeting from Pastor Parsley and the entire World Harvest Church family. We sure do love you. God is doing some incredible things. Uh, fire of God has fallen. Uh, I've been getting updates all day from service and, and the power of God sitting there. So I always want to honor my pastor, Pastor Rod Parsley, uh, his entire family, Miss Joni, the whole crew. Uh, they're, they're amazing. I wouldn't be who I am today without their influence as well. So I thank God for them. Um, Matthew chapter 24 Starting at verse 10, when you got it, shout amen. amen. And then many will be offended. Oh, I thought we were going to have a happy service today. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that I'm great and I'm good and all things are uh, rainbows and butterflies, right? No. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now that your spirit filled this room. God, let it not be me speaking, but let it be the Holy Spirit speaking through me today. I pray right now that the words of Scripture begin to penetrate our hearts, God, and as we break out this end-time revelation, God, that you would change us, that you would make us more like you, God, that you would give us the ability to endure to the end. And so right now, have your way in this place. Use me today as a vessel, God. Nothing more, nothing less, God. Just a simple obedient vessel to bring forth your word. Do it right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody said amen. amen. Now I believe that this is truly an end time revelation. This is something that I believe the body of Christ has got to grab hold of right now. Because we have become a people that are perpetually offended. Everybody's offended about something. We see it happen in our culture. We see toxic, toxic television and poison politics. Hashtag fake news. Everybody's got an opinion on something, and we don't care whose toes we smash in the process. And then we be, become so hypersensitive that if somebody looks at us in a wrong way, then all of a sudden we get ourselves, our feelings get hurt, and we get offended. And we have got to knock that off. You look hard enough at anything, you're going to get offended. Right. You, you, you look at today, well, I, I can't believe the preacher's wearing jeans today. My God, he's just, he's not anointed. He's got tennis shoes on. on. Help me, God. He's got white leopard print on and he's a fat guy. I don't think that works. It's a white t-shirt. If he gets to sweat and we're going to see his man boobs. Oh my God, we're offended. Oh, we're live streaming. Yeah, go ahead and knock that one out. Just... <laughs> Offending people already. We got red states. We got blue states. We got Pepsi fans. And we got Coca-Cola fans. We got Ford fans. And we got Chevy fans. We got Chiefs fans. We got Raider fans. Jesus. Even like like silly like Star Wars and Star Trek. Are you a Trekkie? And if you're a Trekkie, you can't you can't stand Chewbacca and the rest of the Star Wars gang. It's trivial. Even this 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 very popular internet sensation. Is it Yanny or is it Laurel? Well, I just want to pray right now for anybody that thinks it's Yanny because you definitely got a devil if you think that it's Yanny. 
It is 100% Laurel. All right, so we're going to have an altar call here in a few moments, and we're just going to take care of that because there must be a devil loose in your ears or something. But we look across culture, we look across uh, uh, even our churches, and division is everywhere we see. And, and, and that same spirit has crept into the church, and now all of a sudden we begin to look our nose down at other believers because they're not like us, and they're not spirit-filled. And so therefore, if they're not spirit-filled, tongue-talking, and go for five hours, then they don't really have the real Jesus. And so we've isolated ourselves, and we've kept ourselves at a distance the entire time when this kingdom of God is asking for revival and the only way that revival shows up is when we come together and so the enemy has 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 worked his trick he he has tactics the word offense there means to make a stumbling block an impediment a hindrance or an obstruction the enemy has a strategy in the end times and that strategy is simple if he divides he wins John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If he can isolate you, if he can get you disconnected, Diablo, yeah. in the Greek origin, it actually means scatterer or divider. And we see this happen beyond just our politics, beyond just our culture, beyond just the church. It happens in your home. Yeah. Yeah. Husband and wife, I'm going to have you all stand up for me real quick. Just help me illustrate something. Now we're celebrating 30 years of marriage. One more time, give him a round of applause for that. That's a major accomplishment living with that one. But see, what the enemy likes to try to do is he, he likes to come in and, and, and this is the unity that God expects in a home, husband and wife together. And, and I think sometimes the reason why we have issues in our marriages and we have issues with our families is because what the Bible says that a marriage union is, is the two becoming one. But so often we like to hold on to our individuality. And if you try to hold on to your individuality, especially in a relationship of this manner, before long, you're going to begin to get offended. Well, he just, I am sick and tired of him leaving his dirty underwear in the bathroom. And all of a sudden, now there's just a little small fox that comes in. A little crack. They're still together, but they're not united. Yep. And so if he could come in and, and he could begin to bring the little small boxes, well, 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 she just talks way too much. I just want to just enjoy my night. I don't want to talk to her. Now all of a sudden he begins to push you further and further away. Yeah. And the longer you begin to listen to that, that, that isolated voice of the enemy, the isolated whispers of the enemy, all of a sudden what was once tight, what was once connected, you're no longer listening to one another. You're no longer able to truly uh, express emotion. Now you're divided and you're pushed away and it feels like you're living in a home with a stranger. Because the enemy came in, killed, stilled, and destroys. His whispers, his division, his tactics are working. But it's time we silence the enemy's voice once and for all and realize that together, together, unity, it was on the day of Pentecost. 120 gathered in the upper room. The Bible says something very specific about that. They were all together and they were united. In one accord. And it was that unity that then opened the heavens for the fire and the, and the Holy Spirit to be birthed into this earth. He's trying to do it every single day. He's trying to bring the glory of God into this earth. But so many times we have our backs turned to one another and we're not even going the same direction. Over small foxes. It's the small foxes that ruin the vine. It's the small little offenses. Well, you don't know what they did to me. I don't need to know what they did to you. I don't need to know what they did to you. We're going to break it down today, and we're going to find out how to get rid of those foxes, how to get rid of those things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is God's will that we live in harmony. The enemy begins to whisper. He begins to divide. Well, they don't really love you. Assumption. Well, they don't really care about you. 
happens in your home life, happens with your spouse. But then it begins to creep over into your church. Well, they don't really care about you in that church. They don't really love you at that church. They just, they just want to use you. Oh, you're more talented than anybody they have on the platform. And they're not being, you're not being used. You're underdeveloped. You just, nobody appreciates you. I'm talking to somebody right now. I tell you right now, I feel the Holy Ghost. And we begin to entertain those whispers. We begin to entertain those offenses. And then we wonder why we're isolated on an island. And we want to blame somebody else for our dysfunction. We'll say that again because that was good. We want to blame somebody else for our dysfunction because we don't have the good uh, sense enough to own it and fix it and get it right before the Lord. Because we're so consumed with pride that we think the church exists for us. But no, the church exists for the world. You don't come into the house of God for it to all be about you. You come into the house of God to get it in feeling to go out to a world and make change. You come into the house of God to allow the love of God to sweep the sin in your life out of your life so you can go out there and be an example of Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. I want you to come in here and I want you to pet me. And if they don't talk to me and if they don't, t- if they don't hug me and nobody says anything to me. Now listen, I am all about creating a, a culture inside of your church atmosphere that is kind, that is accepting, that is loving, that is absolutely over the top, yeah. nice, and, 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 and just opens the door for everybody. Love everybody. Absolutely. We're called to love God, love people. But stop thinking that this house, that any house of God is just specifically built for you. This is a place where we get our marching orders and go out and make the thing happen in this world. And we can't do that so oftentimes because we allow our heart to get riddled with offense. And we can't even enter into worship. Well, did you see what Austin wore today? I just, oh my God. Well, did you hear him? I, that, that boy, he, he's got a smart little mouth on him. And it may be the truth. <laughs> but what you do is now you have an obstruction. Because you come in here to lift holy hands, but you can't lift holy hands when your mind and your heart begins to race and begin to criticize everything that you see. How can you touch God when you have such criticism in your heart? Oh, I'm helping somebody tonight. I'm helping somebody this morning. It's time that we overcome these offenses. It's time. See, see what we've done really good. And, 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 and once again, we, we, there's a lot of talk right now about walls. But one thing that the body of Christ is never called to do, the body of Christ is never called to build walls. We've, we've isolated ourselves from ha- lost and hurting people. Because we're offended. We turn on the, 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 the television and we're so offended that the world would be in sin. Can you believe what I saw Ellen DeGeneres do? <gasps> she's a sinner. What do you think she's going to do? You ain't watching TBN. You're watching Fox. And so we now have completely built walls and no longer are able to reach people where they are. Yeah. We got to tear those walls down, baby. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel is for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're white, black. It doesn't matter if you're Asian. It doesn't matter if you're a white Hispanic with a lot of freckles and got a little British accent in you. It don't matter. The gospel is for you. He came to tear down walls, not build them. So it's time that we as the body of Christ take on that same attitude for the world in which we live, the churches that we build, the houses that we make together and begin to go forward, obliterating offense, tearing down the walls. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the next few moments and I'm going to dissect a, a, a pretty uh, a familiar passage of Scripture that probably most of you uh, are aware of. But, but, but if you have your Bible, certainly to bow to the book of Mark, chapter 14, and all four gospel 
accounts give record of this transpiring. This is the night that our Savior Jesus Christ fought the greatest battle he ever fought in the Garden of Gethsemane. Every one of these gospel accounts tell us of the betrayal that is about to take place. And for the next few moments, we're going to take a look at each of these vantage points from the gospels. And we're going to break it down. But first, we're going to jump into Mark. Mark 14. Let's jump in at verse 14. They came to a place named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here until I have prayed. And he took with him Peter, James, and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. Verse 37, then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even for one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Jesus had an idea of things to come. For the spirit is willing, Jesus told him, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. And when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open and they didn't know what to say. John 18 gives us a little bit more description. Jesus is praying once again in the garden and the greatest betrayal in human history is about to take place. The greatest opportunity for offense is about to go down and Judas then arrives in the garden of Gethsemane and he doesn't come alone. He comes with the Roman soldiers, he comes with the temple guards and they're armed and they're dangerous. See, I think this is one reason why, 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 why we, we get ourselves uh, uh, twisted because we don't think that our enemy's gonna come at us armed. Yeah. Our enemies are going to come at you armed and dangerous. But it's not how uh, uh, strong you are in that moment. It's how you react. And are you going to react with the right spirit? Scripture says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the tearing down of strongholds. Are you going to step in the flesh or are you going to walk in the spirit? Are you going to fight or are you going to flight? John 18 to 11, then Simon. So here comes Judas. Kisses Jesus on the cheek. This is the one. All of a sudden, the guards pull out their swords. All of a sudden, the garments begin to, 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 to tie and bind Jesus. And then Peter steps on this scene and says, you want to fight? I'll fight. Verse number 10, then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back in its sheath. Shall I not drink from this cup of suffering the Father has given me? Luke twenty-two fifty-one. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and he healed him. Let's break this down for a moment, shall we? Yeah. The first thing I want to pull out from this text is where they were. They were in a place called Gethsemane. Every single one of us in this place must have a Gethsemane. And it's not just a one-time encounter down at the altar. It is a daily process. A daily process of what? A daily process of dying to your will and what you want. Self-sacrifice is entry-level Christianity. You got to die to your will. You got to die to what you want. You got to die what you feel entitled to. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. And if we don't see that, then we'll never go forward in anything that God has for us. So many of us, we we cry out for an anointing. Oh, God, anoint me. Anoint this situation. God, bless me. God, do this for me. We want the blessing, but we don't want the battle. The only way to get an anointing is through pressing. See, Gethsemane, it actually translates to the place of pressing. It was a place where they would bring the olives, and in the olives there was oil. But the only way the oil can be extracted is if it went through the process of pressing. Some of you want the oil of God on your life, but you have neglected the pressing of God on your life. And so anytime anything comes at you and it makes you want to tuck tail and run, you begin to walk away. When God says if you embrace the process, if you embrace the Watch and see what I'll do. I'll anoint you. I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll make you further than anything you could ever dream of. I've got plans for you. But first, you've got to embrace. Yes, yes. Embrace the pressing. Yes. 
the Gethsemane. There may be daily Gethsemanes that you have to do. That person does something to you and you just absolutely want to rip their head off and shred them to pieces. No, 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 no. Don't respond that way, Peter. Allow yourself to be pressed by the Spirit of the Lord. You can't have an anointing without the pressing. This is how an anointing comes upon your life through conflict. (laughs) Facing your betrayal, facing your offenses will put a greater anointing on your life. And so what you got to do is you got to confront that thing. And here's what happens when you confront that thing with the right spirit, with the right heart, with the right, with, with, with the right mindset, is you begin to take that authority away from that offense. you got to begin to walk in forgiveness. Forgiveness is setting the prisoner free and then realizing the prisoner was you. See, so many of us were, were thinking that it's the other person that hurt us. And it's the other person that wounded us that, that they've locked us in this prison. No, you've locked yourself in the prison. No, 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 no. You locked yourself in a prison because they hurt you. Yeah, they hurt you. Yeah, they messed you up. But you've held on to bitterness. You've held on to that resentment. You've held on to all that stuff. And what you've done is you thought you were putting them in a prison. No, you were putting yourself in a prison. Unlock that cage, step out, and be free once and for all in Jesus' name. We all have a Gethsemane. But how did Peter get to this place where he was able to lash out in his emotions so quickly? Well, I think we find it also in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus goes to these guys and he says, remain here in this moment of pressing Remain here right now. And, and, and here's what I want you to do, Peter. Here's what I want you to do, James. Here's what I want you to do, John. I want you to keep watch. What was he saying to him? I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to dig in right now. Neglect in prayer opens the door to offense. The neglect, neglect in prayer opens the door to offense. We're so offended, we're so offended, we're so offended, we're so offended, we're so offended. Have you been praying? Have you been praying? Have you been praying? Because if you're praying, they could do all sorts of evil against you, but you'll have the heart of the Father on the inside of you. See, prayer doesn't change your situation. We think that we're going to pray and that our situation is going to change and we're going to use genie or Jesus like the genie in Aladdin. Whoa, 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 whoa. Change it. And it don't work like that. Prayer doesn't change your situation. Prayer changes you. Prayer changes you. It gives you an ability to go through the valleys and go through the fires and come out on the other side and not even smell like smoke. Prayer changes you. And it's the neglect of prayer. And I believe it's one of the main reasons why the body of Christ is in the state that it's in right now. We see some tight jean, skinny jean wearing preacher, and he says something, and we want to stone him. We see some other preacher who's got rings all over his finger talking about an airplane, and we get offended. And we want to rip each other apart, and we want to do things, and we want to devastate each other. Stop it! Where's your prayer life? Where's your prayer life? Where's your prayer life? I'll say it like this. Where are the watchmen? Where are the watchmen? Those that are keeping watch. Those that are keeping in tune. Those that are praying. Those that are seeking. Those with their attention towards heaven. Not on the trivialities of this earth. Someone cuts you off in traffic and you boil up in anger. A business still doesn't go through and you find yourself furious. Your spouse makes a comment and you lose your mind. Somebody walks past you that they thought that you thought should have embraced you, and now all of a sudden you're tormented. Why? Why? Because we're not praying. We're not praying. Prayerlessness will always leave you powerless. So those small foxes begin to run ravage in your relationships. And the tiny cracks that were no big deals now turn into fault lines that have divided us and left us all alone and isolated and broken and defeated. And when the enemy comes with a little whisper, it might as well sound like a massive shout. Yeah. 
Because we don't hear the voice of God. Next point. What did Peter cut off of that man? Offense will always cut off your ability to hear. Hmm. Offense cuts off your ability to hear. Now, 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 now I'm going to go with this twofold. I, I God, now, I, somebody that I may have disagreement with, somebody that I may have difference of opinions with, now all of a sudden, I can't hear their heart because I'm so offended and I'm blinded by my offense. That ex-husband of yours, that's a lying, cheating dog. You're still racked with offense. You can't hear heart. And if you can't hear heart, you can't bring yourself to forgiveness. Oh, I'm helping somebody out. I feel it. I know I am. I know I am. I know I am. Listen, 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 listen. Listen, Linda, listen. I'm going to quote right now the great theologian Michael Jackson. I'm staring at the man in the mirror. Now I'm asking him to change his ways. Yeah, I got my mama's jeans on that one. <laughs> but it's time we start checking our heart. We've cut off our ability to hear. We can't hear the heart. All we see is the disagreement, and he puts us into a rage, and it makes us mad, and it makes us furious, and we find ourselves troubled. Our offense has cut off our ability to hear, but not only has it cut off our ability to hear one another, but also our ability to hear heaven. We can't receive the blessing of God. Once again, offense becomes that obstruction. It becomes that wall. It becomes the dam to the blessing of God. Yeah. Yeah. And we wonder why we're not blessed. Yeah. And we wonder why we're going through and we're just no joy and no peace and no hope. And there's no love in our life. And we wonder why everything seems like it's falling apart. And we wonder why. Because you can't hear the voice of God. Because that offense has blocked you from the promises of God. Yes. We've cut off our ability to hear. The thing about hearing is hearing impacts your ability to grow. Right? Noah, when he was about two years old, he had really bad ear infections that he would get. And that impacted him. And we begin to notice that he was beginning to develop a speech impediments. And he couldn't say words fully. And he wasn't speaking with the clarity like most kids his age were. So we began to take him to the doctor, and the doctor said, my, this, this boy's had so many ear infections, we need to put tubes in his ear. And before, he would look at me and say, Daddy, you want a piece of meat? <laughs> well, medium rare. <laughs> Sounds good to me, son. We'd be wrestling and fighting, and he'd, Daddy, you want a piece of meat? We put those tubes in his ear. Within one week, one week. It was like one week was equivalent to one year of development. Because now all of a sudden he could hear properly. And now that he could hear properly, he could speak properly. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm helping you right now. You're not able to hear the word of God, so you're not able to speak the word of God. And because you're not able to speak the word of God, you're not creating anything in your life that has the power of God on it. And so when you don't have that ability to speak it, you can't receive it. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. It's good. You got picking up something today? Yes. You glad you came to church today? Yes. You need to text three people and say, you need to get here. You need to get here. You need to get here next Sunday because it's going to blow up. I have a feeling. Because when I believe the body of Christ gets a hold of this, I'm telling you. Boom. Boom. All right? It's going, it's going down. But see, when we can't hear our growth, our growth is stunted. Many in faith stunt their growth because of offense. They're no longer able to hear. 
And they could be in church and they could hear the same message that you hear. And all of a sudden you're walking away with tears streaming down your face. And they're walking away having everything to complain about it. And you're thinking, how is this person hearing the same message that I'm hearing and they're not receiving anything? Because they're offended. But we don't leave our brothers and sisters in that offense. I'm going to throw this in here. This has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. I just feel like it needs to be said. We have bought so much into the culture of the age, and we've allowed its influences into the body of Christ. And we have mistaken the love of God, and we've cheapened it to tolerance. Everybody wants us to tolerate. Tolerate. Now listen. I'm a father, right? I love my babies, but I will not tolerate dirty diapers. My wife especially will not tolerate germs of any kind. Purell 24-7 on demand. Bathe a minute. But see, we've, 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 we've cheapened love, nothing more to tolerance. It's like, it's like a ring pop, right? Is not a diamond ring just because it has the name ring in it. Tolerance is not love. In fact, it's a very cheap imitation of what love really is because I love you enough to let you know you can't do that any longer. If I let my baby sit in a dirty diaper all day long, y'all would be screaming child abuse. But why do we let each other sit in their mess, in their filth? And listen, we could talk about the big sins and the homosexuality and the adultery and the promiscuity, but let's talk about the, 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 the everyday sins, the gossip and tongues. The lying mouths, the deceit and the dissension. Why are we letting each other stay in their mess? I'm helping you all today. Don't tolerate it any longer. If you love the person, tell them the truth with the compassion of Jesus Christ. Don't go trying to make offense happen, but tell them the truth and love and say, listen, I don't understand. Always walk in humility. Always walk in humility. Here's a good measure. If you're going up with your chest out, chances are you need to go back. Adjust your posture and come humble before whoever it may be that's your accuser. That's the key. Peter, you want to mess with my Jesus? Walk. And we end up causing more dissension and more problems and more issues. But don't let somebody stay in their mess. Don't, come on, we love each other. Yeah, exactly. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Right. And I hope that you love me enough yeah. to tell me the truth. Right. Because we need each other yeah. in this thing yeah. called Christianity. Amen. Offense and faith cannot coexist exactly. together. You can't be offended and you can't have faith. How do I know this? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing. Hmm. This is getting somebody's skin. I hope this is getting underneath your skin today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason why some of us can't activate our faith to believe God for the miraculous to believe God for the healing, to believe God for the supernatural to manifest in our life is because that offense keeps obstructing us, that offense keeps dividing us, that, keep, that offense keeps scattering us, that offense keeps us isolated. And it's a deafening silence of our offense that keeps us from hearing the voice of God. And all we hear are the enemy's whispers. And then when we begin to hear the whispers in our dysfunction, we begin to speak and not caring who it hurts in the process because we're offended. Hurt people, hurt people. 
But here's something that Jesus told us. He assured us of at least one thing, quite a few more. But one thing that I'm going to talk about right now. And he said, you will get offended. You will. It's a guarantee. When you said yes to Jesus Christ... Absolutely, you said yes to eternal life. Absolutely, you said yes to the the treasures that are in glory. Absolutely, you said yes to a life beyond limits. Absolutely, all those things are available to you. The benefits of God, the healing of God, the salvation of God, the provision of God. All of it you said yes to, but you also said yes to the opportunities of offense. You said yes to betrayal. You said yes to persecution. You said yes to, well, they may not like me. Well, they may, not, they may not accept me. Absolutely, they're not going to always accept you. Absolutely, they're not always going to pat you on the back and tell you you're great. Oftentimes, the people that tell you the great the loudest are your biggest critics behind your back. Yeah, come on, it's true. Oh, I want to praise you, Pastor. You're just so good. You're so amazing. You're so awesome. You preach the word, and then all of a sudden, you turn around, and you hear a little whisper in the foyer. Did you? I can't believe he came in there today doing all that sweating and acting all up and blah, blah, blah. Come on, man. Yeah, Steve, I'm offended. I'm really offended, man. (laughs) You will get offended. You will have a hurtful word spoken to you. There will be an unkind action that will take place. And this is a big one that I think a lot of us church folks get hung up on is unmet expectations. Well, you said you were going to do this. And you didn't do it. The problem is, is you're putting your trust in men, not God. And if you need me at the hospital more than you need God at the hospital, I'm sorry. Please don't throw the tomatoes yet. Here you go. <laughs> this is good. This is good. This is good. Yes. And I know I may not be running, jumping, shouting, walking on pews just yet, but this is good. This will set your life free right here. This will get you free right here. This will let you walk in the supernatural right here. Now let me ask you a question. Is a kernel, that seed of corn, is it an ear of corn? No. Now if we believe the, the principles of seed time harvest for the positive things in our life that we can sow and we can reap, then we also have to believe in the negative things in our life. And when you begin to allow offense to take root into your life, how you react begins to matter. Because rehearsing the situation and refusing to forgive does nothing more than take that action that was initially toward you and begins to water it. And over time, that seed takes root. We want to go on Facebook and let everybody know our problems and our issues. And we want to share it on Instagram. And we want to text everybody in the church and let them know how mad we are and how offended we are. And I'm just leaving that place. Blah. I hope somebody's watching this that needs this today. I'm tired of people being broken in their life. Yes. Yeah. And they've allowed over time that seed to take root. And yes, you may come down to an altar and you may cry some tears and a preacher may lay hands on you and you fall out in the spirit. And Oh, that preacher, he just gyrated. I'm offended. But all that does is, is we, we take off the top. But we don't dig into the root. See, this is something that I believe uh, there's authority on my wife and I's life right now. Because over the last year, we've had to walk out forgiveness. And not just that, well, he, he says something about me and it just hurt my feelings. No, deep, 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 deep offense. We're absolutely, we were done dirty, we're done wrong, done evil, all sorts of just junk. But we had to take the authority that is in Christ Jesus and allow that offense to take root in our heart, but go underneath the surface and begin to rip it up because here's what carrying offense will do. 
Who did Peter cut off the ear of? What was his name? Malchus. That name Malchus in the Greek means kingdom. So what happens is when we carry offense, we amputate the body of Christ. And we wonder why the church isn't able to stand up for morality. And we wonder why the church is looked at by the world as a bunch of crazies that have to have their religion to keep their mind right. It's because we keep cutting one another off. Yeah, this is good stuff. We keep cutting one another off. And we keep amputating the body of Christ. And we don't have control over our lips. And we don't have control over our tongues. And so we keep cutting and we keep cutting and we keep cutting to the point that we have nothing left but bloody stubs. Broken, wounded, hurt people. And the church loses its effectiveness. And it can't stand and it can't fight and it can't run. What else was significant about this is not only was this man's name also in the Greek kingdom, but also the right side of the body in Jewish custom was the side where you would give glory and honor to. So we've cut off our honor. And where there is no honor, there can be no glory. Jesus. No authority. And so our churches, they have a form of godliness, but they've denied the power thereof because we've cut off our honor. We've talked and, and we've talked and we've talked about one another and we've lied about one another and we've gossiped about one another. And we've allowed our offenses to take root in our hearts. And then we just go through the motions, never seeing anything change. Jesus. I want to be a part of an end-time church that is effective. I would rather have impact than to impress you any day of the week. I know this one thing God spoke to my heart a few months back. If you continue to honor me with your life, I'll honor your words. And I don't say this with arrogance today, but when I pray, things happen. A woman in our church came up to me, brand new woman. She said, Pastor, I just moved here. I'm a widower, and I just need God to do something in my life. And I just felt that I needed to pray with her right then and there in the middle of that coffee shop. And I said, you know what? I'm going to pray that you get a job. Because that was her big thing. Pastor, I just moved here, and I'm, a, I'm an old woman, and, and I just need a job. I, I, I've put all these applications, but nobody's called me back, Pastor. Would you just pray? I believe that you're going to get it. But then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gave me an unction. I think it was an unction, or I don't think it was a Taco Bell I ate the night before. But anyway, that was a joke. You can laugh. Don't be offended. <laughs> so I just felt, you know what? I'm going to pray that in the next seven days, the next seven days, something's going to happen. You're going to see some, some things shift, and you're going to get a job offer, and it's going to come chase you down. You don't have to go looking for it. Now, this woman, she's like, yeah, right, Pastor. Yeah, she comes from that Baptist background. God, I'm not trying to get a fence started. I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> she just thought, well, well that's nice. That's, you're a nice young boy. I, okay, we'll see. So prayed for right then and there. She came to me the next service, tears streaming down her face. She's like, Pastor, you're not going to believe it. And I said, I already know it. Tell me about the job. She said, Pastor, they came. Somebody came to me from my past long, long time ago, gave me a job paying 10 times more than what I was going to make if I was going to take another job. Pastor, they came looking for me just like you said. How'd that happen, Pastor? And I said, God honors my words because I honor him with my life. Am I perfect? Far from it. But every day, every day, every day, every day, my prayer is this. God, give me clean hands and a pure heart. Don't let me be the enemy to me. Obtaining your glory. Don't let me be the obstruction. Don't let my offense, don't let my stupidity, don't let even my dumb, silly sense of humor get in the way of the glory of God in your life. Let me honor everyone that I come across to the best of my ability. Let me show grace more than I show judgment. Let me walk in love. Let me walk in mercy. Let me be like you, oh God. Time we stop dishonoring one another because every time we dishonor, 
we deplete our lives of the glory of God, offense hurts the kingdom. That offense that you think you're just harboring all by yourself and it's just you. No, 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 no. It does far greater damage than that. It hurts the kingdom. Because here's what happens. We lose our credibility to the world. Well, if that's how the church is going to act, why would I want to be a part of a place like that? What did Jesus say? They'll know you not by the big fancy buildings that you have, not by the impressive speakers that you bring in, not by the great music that you... They'll know you by one thing that will separate you and they'll know that you're mine by your love. They'll know you're mine because you love them. You love them. And you don't just love them with just this, this little surface of you love them. You love them where they are. You love them where they are because we have a God that not only loved us where we are, but he loved us too much to leave us there. It's time we stop allowing our friends and our family to be left behind because we don't love. Because we don't love. Stop carrying the fences. Stop carrying every record of the wrong that somebody committed against you. Some of us in this room today could probably rehearse all the way back to 1992 when that pastor didn't smile at you as you were leaving the revival meeting and now all of a sudden you got offended. Forget about it. Move on from it. Matthew 24 says that they will hate one another. They will hate one another. And some of us may think to ourselves, how can we get to a place where we hate one another? Well, first of all, you have to understand the definition of hate. Oftentimes we think of hate as this murderous, evil spirit. And yes, it has the tendency for that. But more often than not, hate is simply this, love less. Lacking love. I'll put it in a way that's going to hurt everybody's heart right now. Indifferent. Take it. You could leave it. And I believe that we've become indifferent towards the people in our pew. We've become indifferent towards the people in our life, our family. We could take them, we could leave them. God, let us never get to a place where we don't embrace your grace and realize that you, you, God, loved us way before we ever stepped on the scene. Let us model that kind of character. Offense is so often tied to entitlement. The offended feel as if they are owed something. You're not. Grace isn't something that you earned. Grace is something that was freely given. And so if you've been given grace freely then you then as a child of the king of kings must also give grace freely. The Lord's prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not, Forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I need that grace. I need that grace. And so I'm not going to let my offense be the obstruction to the overwhelming, absolutely amazing grace of God. You never have a right to harbor that offense. We must mirror our father. He forgave before you acted. That inexhaustible, never-ending. There's no mountain that he wouldn't climb up. There's no shadow that he wouldn't light up. To come after you. And so if you want that grace freely, then you must give that grace freely. But God showed his great love for us while we were still sinners. He sent his one and only son to die for us. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Somebody just lift your hands. The presence of the Lord is in this place right now. Here's what I want us all to do is on the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet. One, two, three, everybody, everybody, everybody. And I want you to take these next few moments and I want you to begin to introspect your own life, your own heart, where you are, 
and where you're going. And I want you to be in the bank of your life and the offenses that you may have. For some of you in this place, you may have been molested when you were a child. And you've held on to that. For some of you in this place, there may have been some sexual assault that took place. And you've held on to that. For some of you, it's been the words of your parents that have made you feel insecure and less than. And you've held on to that. Maybe it was an ex-spouse who betrayed you and cheated upon you. And that betrayal still runs deep. Today, my friends, we let it go. So everybody, heads bowed and eyes closed. Everybody, if you can, just lift your hands to heaven. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. God, I pray right now that you have your way in these next few moments. And do, God, in a moment, in an instant, God, what would take us a lifetime to achieve. We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all while building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website at passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry.